Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. I'm so glad to be here this morning. Thank you so much, Pastor Jose, and your, your great team in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I bring greetings to you from Africa. Praise the name of Jesus. Yeah, I know George. Uh, I just saw him there, and uh, he always tried to block this, and it never happened. Every time he looks at me, he looks down. But it's a blessing, it's four years that we got, I got connected to this great ministry and I'm so glad that you guys has been such a blessing to us in Africa and what we are doing and God is so kind and last year we received your offering of $1,000 when we really needed it. Thank you so much and the blessings of God be upon you. We are always... It's always an honor to come here and be with you. And you know, yes, you know, a few days ago we went to this restaurant and I saw we, we were going for breakfast and the pastor was taking me to the, you know, to have this breakfast. And, you know, I saw in the menu where they wrote the goat and I was so glad that I'm going to, at the end of it, have some goats, <laughs> you know, some goat meat and, you know, enjoy it. Because I knew, you know, we, you know, when we say goat in Africa, you know, we, we know about the sheep and the goat. And therefore, when you say the goat is the rebellious, you know, people, you know, trouble. And I only know goat meat. So I say, hey, pastor, I'm going to take the goat. And he say, you know, so this is goat meat. He said, no, this means the greatest of all time. I said, what does that mean? And, and uh, you know, I said, ah, yes, I'll eat the goat. And I took the goat and it was actually the greatest of all the time. So yesterday I was talking to my son uh, back at home and I said, hey, son, you are the goat. And he said, what? I'm the goat? <laughs> and it was uh, he, he was not amused because he, he didn't expect that from the dad. And I told him, hey, listen, you are the greatest of all the time. And he smiled and he said, oh, okay, now I know what the God is. <laughs> hey, put your hands together for Jesus this morning. <laughs> Amen. Wow. I'm always blessed to be in this great house and you guys are doing wonderful. Thank you for those who are joining us online and we believe God is going to speak to your heart and the blessings of God will fill you and minister to your life. We thank God for all of you. We are going to share the Word of God real quick because that's the most powerful thing that God desires for us to receive. And it's um, we will be in the book of Matthew chapter 24. <clears throat> the book of Matthew chapter 24. And today I want to share with you about the love of God. And, uh, you know, yesterday night God woke me at 2, 2 a.m. And I was praying. That is this morning, actually, 2 a.m. And I was praying. 
and telling God, I need to be able to speak to your people, everybody that will be watching from online, those who will be in the house. I want them to be blessed and be ministered by your power. And I believe that today something good is going to happen to you in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 24. If you are there, just say amen that I, so that I may know that we are together. And not on the screen, if you have your own. <laughs> Do you have your own? It's all right. If you don't, you can always be with me. Matthew 24 verse 12. The Bible says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end shall be, the same shall be saved. In verse 14, the Bible says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness, for a witness. Can you say a witness? And then the end shall come. And then the end shall come. And this gospel shall be preached in the whole world for a testimony unto all the nations. And shall the end come. There are two things that God was speaking to me very strongly this morning. That the enemy will try to attack and destroy in the church and among the people who follow Jesus, among the people who believe in God. Number one, the devil will try so much and he's already trying to do it so strongly. He will try to attack your faith in God. He knows that it is only through faith that you are connected with God. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that it, without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to him must believe that a God exists that, and that he is a rewarder of them that are diligently seek him. And the devil knows that. He knows that you can ever, you can never receive any miracle without having faith in God. Paul was preaching in the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 14 and from verse 8 the Bible says he was ministering in Lystra. The Bible says as he was talking to the people there was a man who looked at him as he preached and the Bible says he, wo he watched Paul preach so strongly and Paul looked at him intently and he saw the man that he had a faith to be healed and the Bible says this man had never walked since he was born but when he saw this man he looked at him he saw faith in him and the Bible says he told him rise up and stand on your feet and the man leaped and walked the power of God cannot move where there is no faith and that's why every time there is something you have to realize that when faith is released the power moves and miracles happen. Listen, many things that we see today and many people, we, we are growing into a moment where we no longer believe it. It's not really a, you know, a common thing to see the power of God in our lives because the devil is trying to attack the faith. And I, today in the name of Jesus, let that devil be defeated 
him in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The desire of God is that you may grow in your faith. The desire of God is that you may become who you are supposed to be. And that you may be he. You may be someone that will walk because faith connects you to eternal life. Paul talked to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 16 from verse 12. And he said, fight the good fight of faith and hold on to eternal life. And keep on your confession because it is only faith that connects us to eternity. It is faith that connects us to God. And the Bible says we were saved by the grace of God through faith, which is a gift of God. God gave us that gift and that gift will not die in the name of Jesus. That gift of faith shall grow. And I release that gift into your spirit right now. May you grow in the faith in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. It is good to know that a faith is a connection. And this is the only way that you can be protected. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 that in, in, by faith we are able to quench is the shield. The shield is a shield that quenches the darts. The enemy is always planning how to destroy you. He's planning how to destroy your marriage. He's planning how to destroy your career. He's planning how to destroy your health. But in the name of Jesus, our faith is growing today. And every plan of Satan against our life is canceled and defeated in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I receive my blessing. The enemy desires that you may not be a success. He wants you to suffer. He wants you to be frustrated. He wants you to lose that which God has given you. But I pray today and I speak a covering of our lives. And that's why every time I'm trying my best. You know, when you watch everywhere, there is everything that is working so hard to destroy our faith. To destroy our faith in God. Because the devil knows as we keep the faith, there are things that we can that will never succeed against our lives we have to keep our faith and Paul spoke in first Timothy chapter 4 he says the spirit expressly speaks that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith and shall give heed to the to the to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils because you know the devil wants to bring his doctrine and we say we refuse it in the name of Jesus and we are going to stay in the faith can I say I stay in the faith Praise the Lord. The devil is attacking that faith. He's working hard to make sure that you don't hold on to your faith. He's trying hard to make you feel that you know no longer God is working. That's why, you know, we love all this technology. I enjoy technology and I want to use it. Let me tell you, some of the technology that is coming up, it is trying to take you away from the faith. Sometimes if you're not careful, you may look at the technology, how things are able to do, how science is so powerful. You know, I believe in science. I believe in the technology. But let me tell you, there is no technology, there is no medical science that can ever go above God. And beyond every discoveries, there is the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. You that is watching, you that is listening, everybody that is seated here, listen to me. There is no any other greater discovery than the discovery of the name of Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. And that's the first thing that the enemy will try to attack. The second thing that the devil will try to attack is the love of God in the people. Wow. He knows the church was born out of love. 
He knows. And you know, the devil knows it is out of love that we got salvation. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. The plan of God is that none will perish. The plan of God is none will be destroyed. None will be the, will be will will be destroyed in his life. Everybody, the plan of God is that you may have eternal life, that you may have joy, that you may be healed. The Bible says that I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Many a times when the wrong things happen, the devil will try to make you think that God is planning evil against you. I'm here to announce, and I have been reading the Bible. I know God is not planning evil against you. He's not planning destruction against your marriage. He's not planning to destroy your health. He's planning to give you good things. He's thinking well of you. Hey, he has no evil plans against you in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, God has good plans for my life. He wants the best for me. He wants the best for my children. That's the plan of God. But the devil makes it happen like, oh, you know, he wants to make us believe that, you know, God hates us. Whenever something terrible happens, the first thing that you hear people say, you know, maybe God wants it that way. Maybe it is God's plan. Do you want to tell me that God is always thinking how to destroy? What about the devil? Do you know many people have a problem with God, but they don't have a problem with the devil? They have a problem because every other thing that has been happening in our lives. You know, I was called to speak in a, in a barrio of a young man. He worked, he was doing well, he was young, he was raising a young family. And he was, you know, he had a beautiful wife, beautiful children. And, you know, I was invited to go and do the barrio. And because the family was friends to us and, you know, it was, you know, he got run over by, you know, a car as he was coming from, you know, a building crossing the road and, you know, the car ran over him and, you know, people as usual, and this is religiously, you know, we do that. And, you know, many people when they stand, you know, I don't know how in the U.S. they do it, but in Africa, you know, everybody would want to have a chance to speak before the people and share and say how the departed was a good person and how we loved them, and, but God loved them so much. I was seated there and it was six months after I lost my brother and I was feeling the pain of losing a brother and I was seeing I remember when we were going we were burying our brother how my mom was mourning she was crying so uncontrollably she felt the pain of losing a son and I, I was feeling it I would suffer I was suffering in my mind I was thinking about everything that was going on and here I come and the people would come in front and the crowd was so big and they came forward and they were they were sharing how they knew this young man, how he was a great man, how he greeted everybody, how he was somebody, you know, he's, he, you know, we will not be able to feel his gap. That's how they say it. But you know, and people come and I was sitting in front and I was watching the people. And all of a sudden I began to feel anger 
in my spirit. And I thought about myself and I began to think, does really God wants people to suffer? Because I would see the wife, the young wife and the young children, they were crying, they were mourning, they, they, they were so bitterly crying and feeling so sad that I saw the mother of this boy I knew here and you know, she was always crying to, you know, to God for salvation of his son and it never happened. I remember a month before I had gone to visit this family and we, you know, we tried to talk to this young man and when he knew I was around, he disappeared. He never came home. So a month later, he's gone. And here people come and they say, you know, we loved him, but God, this is a statement that is becoming so popular. We loved him, but God loved him so much. So I thought to myself, and I said, God, does it mean you loved this young man so much that number one, you took him away without Jesus? Is that love? Is that the kind of God that you serve? No, that's not my God. I asked God, does it mean God you loved this young man so strongly that you didn't care about that young wife that is crying there without a husband? That you didn't care about those children that are crying there, they are mourning, they feel bad, their father is gone when they are still young, they are going to suffer. Didn't you care God? And I listened to the spirit and God said, I didn't kill that young man, the devil killed him. Listen to me, the devil has been doing evil things and turning people against God, making people to feel that God really wanted to do this. Listen to me today. God loves you to a point that he's not willing to take your son before his time, to take your parent before his time. He's not willing. He's not looking for a way to destroy your future. The devil is a liar and today we want to fix him where he belongs. There is a name of Jesus that we want to be healthy and be blessed of God in the name of Jesus. If your God has been killing, if your God has been destroying, if your God has been telling you this is my will, that is a wrong God. Let me tell you something. We have a God who cares. He wants you to be healthy. Sometimes the devil would try to put a sickness or a disease in our bodies and he tries to tell you, you know what? God is trying to punish you because of your past. He's trying to teach you a lesson. Listen, God does not teach us a lesson through evil. He does not teach us a lesson through the sufferings. He teaches a lesson through the word of God and the word of God has enough lesson for you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And listen to me. The Bible says where we just read and Jesus was talking about the last days. Paul talked about last days. And we saw that the enemy wants to destroy faith in God. And also Jesus warned the people. He said in the last days. He said it. In that day he said because iniquity shall abound shall multiply iniquity is lawlessness people are no longer obeying the law obeying the law of Christ the law of God, the law of the land lawlessness shall increase a lot of confusion shall increase in those days and I believe you can see it in our time you can understand we live in a very dangerous time. There is a lot of lawlessness and it is increasing and growing day by day. And the Bible says, because then, then there shall be lawlessness, because it shall multiply. The Bible says, the love of many 
shall wax cold. Because everywhere you go, you see people who don't care. They don't care about you. They don't talk about it. I thank God for this wonderful church. One of the greatest things that I have learned from this church, and we emulate and we want to see it multiply everywhere, is that this church, beginning with the pastor, he, they care about family. The enemy hates unity of the family. He hates to see people living happily. He wants to destroy the first thing. He wants to destroy his family, this family unit. He hates family. He does not want people to be happy. He does not want to see, when I see men seated here, you know, enjoying and being happy with their wives, sitting not close to their wife, that is a blessing from God. And I pray that it continues. May God protect your marriages. May he preserve you from the attacks of the enemy. The lawlessness that is going on in the world today. Because God desires that we keep it. The early church was born out of love. That love kept them together. That is the love that caused people to stand for the gospel. It wasn't easy. I know when you're in, a, in the U.S., you know, it is easier, everything. You know, there's a lot of protection. You know, there's a lot of care. You know, the law is good. There is a, you know, you have all your rights. There are countries that you don't have any rights. People struggle to stand for Jesus. People struggle to walk with God. But listen to me. The Bible says... And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The devil is trying to destroy love. He hates to see people walking in love because the devil is full of hatred. He hates people. He hates God. He loves nobody. That's why the Bible says, the thief cometh but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. He wants you to have abundance life. But the enemy destroys it. He, he comes, he wants to destroy that love, that unit, that peace, that joy. But you know what? The greatest commandment in the Bible is the commandment of love. Jesus was asked, among the commandments, which is the greatest commandment? You know, the, the people were asking about the Ten Commandments or the other, every other commandment. He, say, he says, the first in Mark chapter 11, verse 28. You know, he was, this was a question put before Jesus. And the people, and they say unto him, by what, uh, uh, sorry, let me, let me, let me see, because verse chapter 12, but chapter 12, sorry. Chapter 12, verse 28. Chapter 12, 28. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them, well, asked him, which of the first commandment, which 
which is the first commandment of all. In other words, which one is the greatest commandment? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is here, is, is here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one, one Lord. And he said, verse 30, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and with all. And, and this is the first commandment. And he said the second one is like, is like namely this, thou shalt love your neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than this. That's the greatest commandment. And that the Bible says that, you know, when you walk in love, you fulfill the law. You don't need the law if you walk in love. Because love is the greatest commandment. Because you can never think evil against your neighbor if you love them. You can never, there shall be no murders, there shall be no destruction, no stealing, no covetousness. When we walk in love, you, you know, because it is there in Romans chapter 13 from verse 10, you know, it shows clearly that a love is the covering, is the fulfillment of the law. Now, I want to share with you something really quick. You see, the Bible says, when we were still yet sinners, Jesus died for us. And the Bible says God demonstrates his love in this way, in this manner. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, he said, he, the Bible says he fulfills, he, 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 you know, he demonstrates his love for us in this way. That when we were still sinners, God loved us. In other words, God does not love you because you are saved. He loves everybody. He loves everybody. He hates sin, but he loves everybody. He loved you before you were a sin, before even you are a Christian. That's why he sent Jesus. He died for us because he wanted us to be saved. He wanted us to be delivered. He wanted us to be transformed. That is, this is the reason why the gospel is important. Because the preaching of the gospel is the preaching of faith and love. Hello? Praise the Lord. This is the connection. You lose love, you lose everything. And God planned things for everybody. Did you ever know that even those who, because salvation came for everybody from the beginning of the world to the end of the world, salvation was given to all of us. The same grace we enjoy it was also enjoyed to the people who died before Jesus came. Did you know that? Yeah. I want us to, I want you to put for us, a, a, you know, First Peter, because I want us to wrap up this. First Peter chapter 3 verse 18. This is because Christ also suffered for sins once. You see? He suffered for sins how many times? Once. once. So in other words, the payment was made for the whole world once. He paid that price once. 
He paid for everybody that price. Nobody will stand before Jesus in the last days and say, Jesus, you never cared about me. You never loved me. No. Everybody will have the opportunity and we have the opportunity to know that Jesus paid that price. He didn't pay just for us alone. He paid for everybody. The Bible says because Christ also suffered for sins once. The unrighteous the unrighteous the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God. That's why we have to preach the gospel because how will they know unless they hear a preacher and how will the preacher go unless they are sent? Because the preaching and thank God for the technology online, physical attendance and many places people are able to hear about the love of God. Do you know why there is a lot of judgment today in the church? Because people don't have the love of God. Because when you, the love that you have is supposed to, you know, I was a pastor, I was, a, I was in a hotel last week and I, you know, I walked to this gym and there were two young ladies, they were, they were, they were doing the gym and the Lord just told me to go in and as I went to talk to them and you know, they began, I asked them as we were, you know, the young children were running after me, you know, and they were hey, stop it, stop it. And I said, oh, it's all right. And I tried to help them and we were playing and you know, I asked them, do you go to church? And they said, no, I don't care. I don't want to go to church because you know, people judge us and of course, when you look at them, you uh, naturally, you have a reason to judge. But spiritually, when you remember where Jesus picked you from, you have no reason. Amen. Have no reason. And I shared with them the love of God and they began to cry. Why? Because they saw when I was talking to the young kids, I was, you know, I was embracing them and making them feel happy. You know, it's like they missed it. They were, they were happy. They wanted it. They wanted somebody to just come and just make them happy. And I talked to them about Jesus. It never took long before they asked me and I asked them, would you like to receive Jesus? And they say, yes. And you, yes. And they received Jesus crying, you know, this showing the desire for Christ and you know, that is the desire of Christ and that's what he wants all of us to do everybody, that he may bring us to God, that he may bring us to God he wants everybody to go to God even those who refuse, God still wants them to go to God, now listen many times the reason why we should never celebrate when somebody dies without Jesus is because before Jesus died on the cross, those who died, you know, somebody said, you know, God also killed those people who were there in the old times, and you know, he would say, you go kill them. But let me tell you, God had a plan. He had a plan. He knew that he would give every opportunity to everybody. Do you know that before the grace of God began to work for us, it worked for those in the Old Testament. I'll just show you in the same scripture that we just read. Can you, can you just put it back? Verse 19. In which also he went and preached unto the spirits. Now, which were in prison. So the people who died before 
Jesus came. It's a long story. You can read in your own time. But you know, Jesus, when he died on the cross, the Bible says, when he died, he was quickened in the spirit. In other words, he died in the flesh, but he was alive in the spirit. When he died, he entered into the spiritual realm. Why? The three days that Jesus was buried, he was not just in the, he was not just staying in the spirit. He went to work. Three days, you know, spiritually in the spiritual realm, one day is like 1,000 days. And 1,000 days is like one day. So in the spiritual realm, there is no time limit. So Jesus took the time in those, in the spiritual realm, and there is no limitation, there is no space. Everything is within that very moment. And the Bible says he went and preached. So Jesus was preaching to the souls, to the prison, to the prisoners, the spirits. And now let's see which were these prisoners. Verse 20. Really quick. That aforetime were disobedient when the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Can you imagine? Jesus went before and it began from the beginning because in the time of Noah, that is the time that God wiped the whole world. So there are people who died, you know, before Noah, and that is the time he wiped everybody. And the Bible says, verse, verse 20, that only saw that eight souls were saved through water. While the ark was preparing, wherein a few, that is, that is, eight souls were saved through. Can you imagine only eight were saved? Does it mean God wanted only eight to be saved? No. He wanted everybody to go to the ark. He, you know, this guy Noah took time to prepare. He was telling people, come to, come to the ark. I'm building it. You know, just be free and come to the ark. They never listened. That's the same thing that is happening today. No, you know, there are people who do not listen. You'll tell them, you know, Jesus is coming. You'll tell them there is salvation. They will tell you, you know, we don't care about it. Listen to me. There are times we can never argue with people about salvation. We just need to show them the love of God. We just need to show them the love of God. And that's why the Bible says, he went to preach to those souls. That's why I tell people, you may go to heaven and one day and find Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. If he got the opportunity, because Nebuchadnezzar got the same opportunity you have to listen to the grace, to have the opportunity to receive Jesus, he had the same opportunity. I believe even Judas is carried because he died just before Jesus died. You know, when Jesus went to preach and Judas will say, oh Lord, I'm sorry I persecuted you and I, you know, I betrayed you. He said, Judas, I still love you. You can still join me in the kingdom. Listen to me. Don't worry about those who died before Jesus came worry about those who are alive because this is the reason we preach the gospel and that's why Jesus said this gospel shall be preached in all the world and then the end shall come the end shall come this is the burden God has put in my life so that as I go to the nations 
There are times we go to places that is not okay. You know, you, you are preaching as you, you don't pray as you are closing your eyes because you know anything can be happening. But because of that burden, because of the love that you have, sometimes you go to the people. You know, I went to preach one time in a, in a place there was a gang which was a very dangerous gang in our country and they were really bad and terrible young people. And I went there and I was thinking, you know, they had invited me to go and do a crusade and, and I was going to do a crusade and I prepared a very lovely message, you know, a message that is so kind, you know, telling people don't worry. <laughs> and I went and I, because I didn't want to offend anybody, you know, people get offended even when you say the good things. So, but I stood there and I was saying, Lord Jesus, I'm going just to preach. And then when I stood, the Lord just came over me. The power of God came over me so strongly that I changed the message. And I began to preach. And I tell Jesus, and I told them, Jesus loves you, but if you refuse him, you go to hell. And I prayed and I declared and I spoke to the people and told them, Jesus cares. He wants you to go to heaven, but you can still choose to go to hell. And let me tell you something. If you reject the love of Christ, you you go to hell. Oh, I was, and if you know, the people are looking at me, they say, hey, do you know where you are? <laughs> <sighs> and I preach, I preach, and I preach when I say, I want us to pray, and those who are not born again, I want to give you an opportunity to come uh, forward and receive Jesus. And I remember 15 gang members that were known in the area. They all came to Jesus, and some of them are preaching the gospel today. That's the power of the love of God. It's the power. When you know that Jesus preached to the souls that were in prison, that were before us, the people that hated God, they got an opportunity to see the love of God. Because when Jesus came, he, because Jesus, the Bible says, he died for us when we were still sinners. That's the same thing. He died even for them, Nebuchadnezzar. He died for Judas. He died for Pharaoh. You may go to heaven and find Pharaoh there. It is possible because God did not create Pharaoh to go to hell. The devil misused him. The same thing when we see people misbehaving and behaving funny and are not willing to follow God. They may be there because the enemy wants to destroy them. But the love of God should turn us and desire to reach them. There are people who are so ignorant. There are people who have never had Jesus. One of our pastors was doing a meeting, you know, in, in, in the remote areas of Kenya. And he went to speak to these elderly men and he told them, Jesus loves you. And he, as he saw, and he said, you know, we have come to talk to you about Jesus. And they looked at him and they say, hey, who is that Jesus? That is in Kenya. We never knew. And he, they, he said, one of the elders saw the chief. The chief is a, a local leader that represents the, the national government. And he called him. He was passing. He said, hey, chief, these guys are guests of Jesus. And because we don't know where he, he lives, you are the chief. Take hold of them and go show them where Jesus lives. They said, no, we have come to tell you about Jesus. He said, yeah, we don't know about Jesus. We have never had him. He doesn't live here. There was a confusion and you have to keep talking that Jesus lives in me that I have come to share with you about Jesus. Never take for granted 
the love you have. Never take for granted the knowledge you have about Jesus. And because he loves each one of us and he wants to bless our lives and make us victorious in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to read one scripture and then we are going to pray very, really quick. Because the people who are watching us, oh, we need to be, to, to declare your blessings upon you in, in the name of Jesus. Maybe somebody's watching us. Maybe you have been crying and you have been thinking, God really doesn't care about me. Maybe you have never thought that Jesus really loves you. I want you to know that Jesus really loves you today. And he wants the best for your life in Jesus' mighty name. Love is that deep and genuine affection that goes beyond the feelings and the thoughts and emotions. Is that this you know, there is a connection that comes. You, you know, sometimes when we learn, I have been studying about the love of God and I discovered, you know, the reason why I'm alive, the reason why I'm, I'm able to preach, the reason why I'm who I am today is by the love of God. The grace is out of love. That is what we want to share. That's what we want to release to the people. And I want us to declare that something great is going to happen in Jesus' mighty name. <clears throat> this hour is a great moment. It's a great moment. And I want you to put for me, please, First Peter chapter <clears throat> 3, verse 8, 9 there. And I want to just share this and as we close this, because this is very important. In Jesus' name, before I welcome the pastor to come, and uh, this is so important for us. Chapter 3, <clears throat> this is so important. Chapter 3, verse 8, <clears throat> the Bible says, Finally, be ye all like-minded, compassionate, loving as brethren. Finally, this is so strong. He says, be ye like man. In other words, let us join our minds together and be in unity of mind. Be like-minded. Be like, have the mind of Christ. Be the same way Jesus wants you to think. Think like Jesus. He said, be like-minded, compassionate. In other words, have compassion on people. Compassion is different from pity. You know, because pity is that feeling... <clears throat> of sorry, being sorry because somebody is going through something and you have no power to help. But compassion is that a feeling of love that propels and compels you to do something to someone to change their lives or to bring them to where they are supposed to be. Is that feeling that Jesus would look at people with and just check on them and desire to see them healed. That is the compassion. That is the love of God. The kind of love that God has for us. Because when we have that compassion, that we are able to heal the sick. We are able to cast out demons. Because when we meet people suffering and going through things and sometimes going through suffering, you know, sometimes you may look somebody and you say, you know, it's because you do this and that's why you're going through this. Let me tell you something. There are many things we have done before that never put us in the same place. We don't have any reason to tell somebody it's because of what you did. It is okay. It doesn't matter how they, whatever they did before, Jesus really cares for them. That's why you have to be compassionate. That's why we preach the gospel of compassion. Loving us, brethren, tender-hearted, tender 
humble-minded. That is the love of Christ. Be compassionate. Love one another as brethren. That is the cry of God for us. That we will be able not to plant evil. We will not be able to plant negative things. When things are happening negatively, we will not accept to do it because there are people who try to hurt us. In fact, when you read down, there are people, you know, don't render evil vile to vile or evil to evil, but contrast blessing. Because of love, learn to bless people. There is a, a lot of cursing going on in America. People are quick to speak words of cursing. But listen to me, as a Christian, change your tongue. Begin to bless people. Bless even your enemies. Bless even your neighbors. Bless even the government. Bless even the people that you know. Some people may not like you, but you have no reason to dislike them. Because when you know what Jesus did for you, you'll also desire the same to be in their lives. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.